yes, 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 people. So this is it. This is our last bit of Dances with Films coverage. And today we are looking at the girl in the back seat, right? It has its world premiere today, Saturday, the 1st of July at 5 p.m. at the TCL Chinese Theater. So, people, let's get into it. Okay, people, so we've got a, uh, oh, bit of a rough film next. It's called The Girl in the Backseat, which I'm not sure the title creates the image of what this film is, because, yo, okay, it's directed by Nick Laurent. Um, the story was by Kika Magalas. And Chris Maroon wrote the script. We've got Nick Laurent, Michael David Lynch, Chris Moran, Anta Novakovic, and Rob Simmons producing, uh, Gwilia Prenner, Kika Magales, and Louise Holt, they executive produce, um, along with C.K. Sussman and Kerry Rhodes co-producers. Navid Hijizi and Ramin Kosha handled the music. Michael Pescasio is on cinematography. Tiki Crookshank edits the piece. Kate Ozier is on um, makeup. And our cast. Well, Sophia is played by Kiki Magalas. Ryan is played by Chris Marone. Uh, Bella is played by Jasmine Akapo. Mum is played by Helen Day. Berg is played by Travis Quinton. Um, Nate is played by Brett Driver. Sarge played by Frank Forbes. The Sheriff is played by Matt Cadler. The Dr. T is played by Kerry Rhodes. Anna Lopes is Zana. Rose is Kim Ellis. Uh, yeah, that's our main lot of people. Oh, and the pharmacist is played by Brian Foister. Now, the gist of this is, it's inspired by true events, a young immigrant, Sophia, fights for a survival against her predator, Ryan, in an involuntary road trip through the vast and mysterious landscape of a worldwide human trafficking ring. So that's what I mean, right? You hear go on the back seat, you don't think human trafficking. <laughs> no. Like you think maybe in a manipulative like relationship, but not human trafficking people. So yeah, because it opens, well, it opens up and you've got a girl struggling and screaming, right? She, she's bound 
and then a guy opens a boot and we see it like clearly then right we jump to this same girl getting ready right getting ready talking to a friend and um you know she's putting on this what saying that this guy she's talking to sent it to her right which it's weird right the watch is weird and it just makes you think of so many fucking off-key things right but she goes on this date and that's when everything spins out of control everything spins out of control which you're just like oh my gosh right it's just yeah it's crazy now when you are watching that beginning part the day and everything like that there are so many red flags right there's a you do go why would she do this stuff right what the fuck is going on who in their right mind is doing that right but i don't know man people do the craziest things you know people do the craziest things but from there that's when we cut you know we're where the film started essentially and so we're seeing all of these things and you're wondering right where does this go right what are we doing here and it's I think it's interesting because I think there's there's been a whole heap of films that kind of deal with this matter in some way. Um, Not all of them show an infrastructure, right? People get kidnapped and, oh, it's for an auction or something, but they don't really show the greater scale of it all, right? Because you have to have police in your pocket. You've got to have doctors and just all these different things you know there was a couple of films in 2021 it was like um i'm all girls i think that's a netflix joint and the one that was so crazy was a polish film right i think the director was patrick vega and it was called small world and it was horrific it was a re- it was a really good when I say horrific, it's not as a bad film. It was a really well put together film. And it dealt with this matter in a way that was so raw, right? Just showing things we've never seen before. And that was great. That was great. But it was one of those films that I do not want to watch this again. Right. I'm one and done on this shit. So I thought it was interesting the fact that we, you know, saw that there was this system. You know, there was this twisted organization. And you also, you know, it, it's that thing hurt people, hurt people, right? So we learned a little about Ryan on the way. And it's obvious, right? not necessarily willfully signing up for the gig 
you know? But you have to ask yourself, people have free will, right? You can go, no, no more. I'm not doing this, right? But yeah, it's it's tricky. It's tricky because it's all about manipulation. And we see that on this journey. We see the manipulation real well, real well. And the girl that plays uh, Bella, boy, Jasmine Acapo does a fantastic job because there's this naivete, this vulnerability, right? But th this will to survive and it's we're jumping through all of these different emotions and it's crazy because you kind of write her off at the start right who's this crazy chick you know but then you see what's going on like how the situation has affected her and all of that kind of stuff so yeah she kills it and just all the cast do a really good job, you know, because as I said, it, it, there's some gray areas here, some real gray. Area. Now, some foul people, definitely foul people, but it's not as clear cut as we often see. Right. And that's where it gets really interesting. I think the... The way this all concludes, it's inter it's good, right? You wonder, because inspired by true events doesn't mean this is true events verbatim, right? That, that often means, well, we heard about something and then we added this, 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 and this. So it would be interesting to know what was added, right? How much of this was what? actually happened right what was embellished what was left out that'd be interesting because um yeah I, I i think there's leaps of faith that you have to take but you are very of course people you're very much with sophia on this on this journey there is a, there's quite a bit of subtitles in the film. I mean, quite a bit. I mean, you know, not 50-50, but you kind of feel that they could be pivotal, but there's no background behind it. So we've got these white subtitles on white backgrounds. It's a problem, right? That's a frigging problem. That is the most irritating thing about this bit. Right, that that part of it, everything else, you know, it, it it was done really well, but it was just those damn subtitles. God damn it! But yes, now this is making its world premiere at uh, Dances with Films. It will be playing on Saturday, the first of July, at the TCL Chinese Theatre. 5 p.m. Right? So, um, 
yes, the ticket link, all of that will be on the website, people. You know? Yeah. It's... I mean, it, it's... You don't go in, right, if this kind of subject is a, you know what I mean, an issue for you, right? Because we see it's not graphic, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not graphic and there's certain scenes where you don't actually see something happening. Like there's one really great scene and we don't see what happens, but then when we cut back to Sophia, there's a tear going down the face, so you know exactly what happened, right? And I thought, oh, that was a nice way of showing that without showing anything, you know? So it, it's not graphic in what we necessarily see, but it's not shying away from the things that happen to these girls, right, and um, boys too, you know, which that is definitely hinted at as well, so yeah, be warned going in, but it is a well put together story, and something that, I mean, people should just be aware of what happens, especially girls, especially girls, right, you need to be careful going out on dates, right? Be fucking careful, people. But yes, the girl in the back seat, 1st of July, 5 p.m. Dances with films, people. Okay, so with this one, right, I thought I was just going to speak with the director, right? Um, Nick Laurent. But I ended up speaking with not just Nick, but also Chris Maroon and Kiki Magales, right? Who both wrote the film and together with Nick, they produce along with Michael David Lynch. So we have Nick, Chris and Kika. And um, it was a really interesting conversation, people. So, hey. I'll let you be the judge. Let's go. Okay, people. So I am joined today, not by just one or two, but I got three, <laughs> three of the talented individuals behind the girl in the back seat. We had director Nick Laurent. Hey. We've got co-writers and co-stars right kika magahalas hi i apologize i feel i butchered that it's okay <laughs> happens all the time okay and uh, <laughs> and chris maroon maroon yeah maroon yeah <sighs> thank you for having us one for free thank you yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey yeah no this is great thank you for giving me your time i really appreciate it thank, you for, thank you for having us yes thank you yeah. Um, when I, you know, got sent through all these films to look at, right, you look at the titles to see if you could, you know, guess what it might be about. Go in the back seat. I didn't know it was going to be this. Mm. Didn't know it was going to be this. It <laughs> okay. Was like, 
oh shit this is <laughs> this is darker this is darker yeah. than uh maybe you know what i mean for this moment in time but yeah. i'm curious <laughs> what, what what was your uh, your first premonition premonition when you when you read the title what were you... <laughs> i thought yeah it, it go in the back seat might refer to like it might be a relationship or a drama flick and yeah. the go in the back seat being someone whose opinions aren't taken seriously right mm. so a story about someone finding their place in the world taking charge of life not letting people control them yeah so i was uh, very did you, did you yeah. also get to see the poster prior where you did you just kind of no 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 cool. <laughs> well i mean in, in a way that is kind of yeah, what it's about kind of is well yeah no actually yeah you think about that you know um sophia does take charge of her life yeah. over the course of this film yeah in um yeah a very big way yeah she, she has to, yeah take that control back definitely so i yeah there's definitely an aspect i think of someone being you know more proverbially put in the back seat you know as yeah. well in the situation yeah. i mean probably one of the most extreme versions of that that you could find um <laughs> and the title and, is and literal uh, uh for it, th that reason too you know uh when we uh, decided on that title uh you yeah. know it's a lot of it is that and then it's also sometimes you just be driving down the street and you don't know who the girl in the back seat of that car is and what they might be going through and that that can work for any person of course in that kind of situation but yeah uh, it was because like how like you were describing it like she didn't have control of her life like she was like wherever someone else is taking her but it's also because at a while ago there was this website called backstage that was like some sort of like craigslist back page, back page. Back yeah page. um mm. a lot of trafficking happening in that website it was like oh. taken down because of that too right so right. like back back seat back state back, back mm. yeah yeah not backstage back page yeah <laughs> backstage is a cool website for actors, for actors. So like, <laughs> yeah a lot of actors are like no oh, fuck, what okay, am i on backstage or something <laughs> now it says that it's inspired by a true story and true events, i think yeah yeah true events so when you see that it, it's always like okay how much is taken mm. from actual reality how much has been you know created to make a film kind of run in a certain way so yeah, yeah how did this come to you well so the whole based by true events is because uh, inspired by true events is that uh we made a lot of research on human trafficking I personally spent a lot of time watching like everything that I could find about human trafficking, documentaries, testimonies. I talked with some people that were trafficked. I talked with police enforcement that were just uh, based on like finding trafficking victims. And I have a friend who was trafficked here in LA. So all of these, all the movie is like a compilation of like the most like compelling stories that I've heard from all of those. So like little moments here, like mo little moments Interwoven there, into Sophia's you know, journey. Right, like right. Put them all together into the film. And it's, um, it's tough yeah. too with the subject matter because a lot of films will go in two directions with it. They'll go too much where it's like a documentary almost. And then they'll go too much where it's like taken and it doesn't actually mm, treat it with yeah. the seriousness and the sensitive nature that it should. And I feel like what I'm proud most of uh, uh, 
on this film in terms of like the execution is I feel like we found a way to blend both the elements of a typical thriller narrative and interweaving those true uh, uh, stories and, and true events into her journey. So it, it, it fulfills that, you know, that balance. Um, and, and that is something that we thought the whole time through from beginning to end was extremely important because there are many victims on the side of this subject matter um, that we, you, you think about them the entire time while you're, you're making this, mm. this film. Um, and you're trying to make sure that this narrative uh, has that uh, delicate nature that it that it, it it should it should have when you're when you're focusing the lens on this. Yeah, I, I definitely thought that was something that did stand out. The fact that you showed there was this process, right? There's a lot of times someone gets snatched, and then you know. So like you hit, there's an auction and then someone's going on this mission like Liam Neeson to get them back, right? And so we don't see how everything is so interwoven. Like they'll have the police on their books. They'll have like motel people on there. So many people. And it, that, like it has to be that for this to work. This can't work with right. just one person solo yeah. going, I'm going to take some people. No, it's, it's this elaborate interwoven system and i like the fact that you showed that thank you that's, that's awesome thank you for for addressing that that, that was um yeah hearing I mean, that you know when you make a film like 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 this or make a film in, in general and you have these boxes that you want to check as a as a filmmaker hearing that is just awesome great it's, it, it's to one viewer at least that came across and, and stuck and, well, and impacted. We wanted the movie to be realistic, you know, because, like, as with Taken, like, it's just, you know, oh, yeah, like, the, the guy comes and saves the girl. And, you know, in real life, that doesn't happen. No. You know? So we wanted to make justice for girls, and, and not only girls are trafficked, all, all sorts of people are trafficked. Like, we mm. wanted the movie to be for them and to make justice for them that they could watch the movie and be like, oh, wow, like, this, you know, it actually is like that. Like, this actually happened to me. Yeah, yeah. I think the other film that really went deep and it was dark and it really showed a, a just a true kind of, seemed a true side of things. There was this Polish film in 2021, I think it was, called Small World. Yeah. And this, this um, guy's daughter was taken. And, it, you know, like in Liam Neeson, he gets her back in like, what is it, a day or something yeah. Yeah. like that. Yeah. But in this one, there's moments when it looks like he's close. But it, I think in total, it took 15 years, 20 years. Wow. Right. His daughter was taken when she was, I think, like three. Yeah. And when we see her next, she's like, you know, 20s or something. Wow. So it was wow. just brutal it, it yeah. was one of those films that is so you you only watch it once but it was very yeah. well done it was so well done but yeah. oh god Small world? yeah yeah. Check it out. yeah i gotta check that out yeah 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 no it's, it was it's, it's definitely dark subject matter and you know having we've all been immersed in it for about three years now and yeah maybe the next film will be something a little bit lighter but it's it's been a, a good story to tell we feel like even though it is a very dark subject matter it's like more people should be telling these these kinds of stories and so you know it, it at least it's not just about a bunch of people getting like chopped up or something you know like there's actually like a something true there 
and like it it's finding this like real horror in real life as opposed to just trying to find something paranormal or or you know made up for lack yeah. of a better term <laughs> like yeah, this is real stuff so like why can't life be yeah i mean life is just as scary as, as anything yeah. paranormal and hopefully this will show that so yeah. yeah well it's the nuance in the characters as well right because i mean ryan's a piece of shit yes but it's not as simple as ryan's just a piece of shit Right, there's there's this gray area there, like mm. you know, hurt yeah. people, hurt people, and we can see that shit has happened to Ryan. Right, then you look at Bella, who, um, yeah. uh, Jasmine does an incredible job playing that character. Yeah. yeah, but we see like it's um, oh god, Stockholm. Stockholm, yeah. is it Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a very advanced form of that. Wolfgang syndrome. What's it? What's the? What's the name? But yes, yeah, Stockholm yeah. syndrome. And you can see that she wants to believe everything that Ryan has told her. But then you have other moments where there's this um, lucidness of her when she's telling Sophia, "No, look, do this. You'll survive. This is how you survive." So you can see that she's getting. Yeah in all of these directions and it's just oh it's heartbreaking yeah. heartbreaking what yeah. happens and with her story arc and how yeah. she you know is trying to survive this and yeah. and that stockholm syndrome and the whole manipulation is like a technique that uh traffickers like actually do and use against their victims they make them feel that they are loved and desired they give them gifts and oh yeah i mean them yeah no totally kika i i think like with bella it's like we're seeing the most extreme side of this like coping mechanism that yeah. a lot of a lot of victims in any traumatic situation will will you know develop and bella has that yeah she has many layers of that going on because right. you know it's like for someone who has no real hope of getting out it's like what you know, Maybe Sophia. How do you convince yourself that this is not all that bad? So mm. Sophia would end up being like that, you know, if you would have spent more time in the with them Maybe. in the warehouse, yeah. you know, like she would end up being like that. Who knows? Yeah. And to yeah, your, your commentary cool. on the gray area, I think that's something else too that we as as human yeah. beings, you know, we, we want to look at a situation and say it's black and white, but honestly, uh, uh, the the human condition is vastly gray. And uh, for for Ryan and his situation and, and what he went through, there was inspiration on real stories that we had seen from um, this docu-series on Netflix called Inside the Real Narcos. And listening to these stories of these criminals tell talk to this individual and share how they got to where they were at. It, for me, going into that situation, I was like, I was impacted by hearing their their side so for ryan it was something as we discussed when he, creating his character and creating his condition and his situation uh that we that we knew there were real stories uh that we needed to pull you know some sort of gray to weave it in there because i, I didn't consider them gray before seeing that mm. doc series yeah. um, and it is like you said still a piece of shit and 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 that is the undeniable factor to it uh but with ryan hopefully a viewer might pull away from that moment and have that sort of um yeah 
extra time thinking about the just the entire complexity to the situation. Right. We want to make him a human, even though, you know, he yeah. is shit. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. He was once a baby <laughs> and babies are always like good. So something in the world made him, made him just become like that. Yeah. And by the end of the film, you're pretty sure you know what that is. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully everyone, hopefully Ryan's character does make sense, even though it's, it's a very tragic, uh, sad and horrible character. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I would hope yeah. so. And also Bella, like back to what you were saying, just, you know, I think one thing looking from the outside on human trafficking is like, it's really hard to just define that term. Right. Cause there's so many facets. There's so many, areas where where this goes on and like like we're seeing right now with this andrew tate thing that's blowing up in the news like that is a like a cameraing kind of thing that they're figuring out but there was a lot of coercion involved there too it wasn't like they weren't just like snatching girls like ryan does like and drugging people i mean well maybe but mostly it was coercion like even there's you know like the promise of of making money and the promise of a relationship like there's all this stuff that goes on between the trafficker and the victim and, and Bella was kind of meant to be the, the character that's representative of, of that side rather than the the drugs and duct tape version that Ryan and Sophia that we see there, you know. Um, mm, yeah. So. But I mean, maybe it started like that with her, you know, maybe in the beginning was like that, like. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. We don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, I thought it was really good that you used the dating website angle because i think dating websites are horrible <laughs> like it's it's the worst right and you there's so much stuff that could be done to make them better yeah you know, a bit like social media like if everyone had to use their real name right you had to verify your account mm. with some wow. sort of id whether it's your passport or something wow. right because not everyone's got a passport but everyone's got something ID. so yeah. if you if you had to verify in that way social media would be better and i think everyone That's knows crazy. that but i never so thought about that that is mm. such a good point yeah but for some reason like no company wants to implement it no, right? they want monies. Exactly. And with the dating websites, they'll say, okay, these sorts of images for your profile, you have to you fill out your profile. But the amount of profiles, the the, mm -hmm. the image could be even someone else. I, I my yeah. girlfriend, I she said that on one website there was a guy with Ronnie Corbett's image. And it's just oh, like, wow. how are you not? picking that stuff up how how <laughs> is it you're not like screening people with no yeah. um body of text in the profile there, there's so many ways to make people safe but for whatever yeah. reason companies don't actually want to do the due diligence yeah. so i thought it was really good that you showed the manipulation over that because we know people use it so much and, you know, a lot of times people use yeah. it for hooking up but and they'll go, oh, I'll go to your house. Oh, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. meet after no real kind of conversation or a phone call or a video chat. So I think there's almost none. I, I, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're texting with this person through Never an already filtered. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, my house. How mm. do you do that? 
it, 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 it is one of the weirdest things, Kevin. Yeah, I yeah. can't believe it. It's, yeah. It, it makes it it, make, it causes that nervous laughter because it's so true. Like, like if you're a yeah. woman, like would you yeah. ever go to someone's house? Like I might be like well, probably people do it all the time. After saying mm. this, but it's like, what? Yeah. Why would you do such a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Definitely. I, I, Oh, sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say it, it's interesting to hear you you uh, pointing that out and like, I guess yeah, that is maybe one more takeaway from the film is you know, I, it, it was never meant to be a main one, but we definitely yeah, it, it it's definitely a kind of uh, it, it's an in it's like a door you're opening up there's a door a, that's right for strangers to manipulate you. So I mean, look at Swindler, that documentary on Netflix. But there's a story oh, yeah. going on right now about a guy who has been uh, using dating apps, I believe, to um, uh, uh, attack women or there. I, I, I'll, I'll have to confirm. I saw it a long time ago, maybe like a long time ago being like a month or so. Who, what's time these days? Um, but the the story was somebody was using a dating app for this purpose and this reason. Was, was trafficking? Was, well, it was not trafficking, but like harming women or trying to abuse them or bring them in and do stuff like this. And some yeah, of the victims have been reporting it. Is it, like, it like, yeah, it is easy. So if there was some sort of um, removal of anonymity, the possibility mm. of anonymity being in these uh, apps, that, that would be, uh, I, I think sell that could sell a lot of people on like the feeling of added layer of well, safety. Well, we would have protection, but like, you know, do you think that the apps will actually want to do that? Because that will, yeah. like, they will take fault, like, yeah, accounts from that. Yeah, and mm. I think that's, that's a really good point. I've never thought about that. Mm. Well, I just, I just think like it's an important subject to show and show the actual realities, right? Show that you know it's not oh someone's going to come save you in a day, right? It's not that. Like that is brutal. It's horrific. So it's an important story to show, but then also highlight that point of be cautious when you're using, you know, social media, when you're using dating apps. Don't accept a gift because clearly a gift is there to let someone know who you are. Yeah. Right, you, well, you have to be sensible about those. Definitely, and 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 we never wanted to make Sophia out as like a a dumb person. Like it wasn't meant to be like, look at this girl who's like making all these mistakes. Right, it was meant to. We wanted to keep it like something that you know any of us could maybe like fall into. You know, um, you know, talking to this person, this kind of fling online, and and it's something that I think it would be possible for anyone in the audience, you know, like what Sophia goes through and, and yes, you know, her friends are cautioning her and, but how many times have we all kind of gone against our friends caution, you know, wiser words because our, our heart, you know, was telling us something different. So I think well, we're all, we're all just as at risk as Sophia was, um, yeah. you know, despite our best efforts sometimes. Well, also these traffickers, like they're smart too. Like they, they, uh, target people who can be more vulnerable you know like immigrants and like yeah. people that they know that they don't have families here like if they disappear it's like harder to like have somebody like look out for them mm. you oh, know? totally oh yeah there was probably things in the com early conversations about oh i feel a bit lonely all my friends are somewhere else then you're like okay no support system yeah. right work on that person yeah, yeah I, I, and, and i think you know ryan was Ryan is is targeting those exact 
women, you know, the ones who don't have a lot of familial connections or support systems, uh, you know, over here. Um, and that's also very true of the reality of it. And I, I know Kiko, when you were and Chris, when you guys were writing this thing, that that was at the forefront was that she was always meant to be an immigrant, right? She was always meant to be someone because the data shows that most yeah. or a lot of them are. So, you know, it's representative of that, I think, too. Yeah. But, so when we were so, writing the character, we were like, wait, like, she needs to be an immigrant. Do we know somebody who's like actually immigrant? Oh, yeah, like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, wow. I didn't think about that. <laughs> what was the research like to do this film? Well, so like as i was saying um it was a long process it started in 2016. um so basically i moved here to pursue acting and i had another film called the eyes of my mother that made me come to la uh and you know i thought i was gonna get so many roles after that i thought i was gonna be like wow offers and offers and offers and that didn't happen so i kind of have a an epiphany that if, if I wanted to get like good roles, maybe I should create my own. Mm. So that's how the whole thing started. And then somehow I want, I wanted to make something meaningful and important. So I came across this like human traffic subject and that became some sort of obsession. And, and it took like maybe like a, a year or two of just, watching everything that I could about human trafficking, talking to people. At some point I had a Facebook group with like other victims that they will share their stories with me. Um, I don't know how I got in contact with this police officer. Well, I mean, this was a while ago in 2016, but I did talk with this police officer. He was actually the one who told me about that. He went and found people in some sort of like suburban home underneath. And that's why we have the scene of the suburban home. Like he told me that uh, it was just a normal house that he went to, like mm. cooking soup and grandma's knitting. And underneath there were like people um, trafficked. And that's like, that's honestly one of the creepiest that's, for me, like, like moments of the movie is, you know, seeing that front, that house. I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but when you, like these little like these little bits that you know you guys chose from real life we're, we're yeah. kind of getting that that horror show of these real life stories as you sit with you know Kika's character in this messed up uh like like uh <laughs> roller coaster seat essentially in the back seat of, of this car i think it's very seating. easy for people to go through life with an illusion of of you know everything's okay and you can look at a home that you pass by and have no idea what's going on behind that that door, those those closed windows. And, you know, the the film is addressing sort of a, a, um, a way to break that illusion a little bit and and say we collectively should be more mindful of a lot of these horrors that exist around us that we might be sometimes willfully allowing ourselves to ignore. Yeah. And we do that all the time. Oh, oh yeah. Using, using art we do that every day. Using art as a way to invoke emotion. 
and let someone pull away from that and, and hopefully come away with a, a new lens on life and, and the way they, they, they look at their, I mean, their if, if you surroundings. Think about it, you do that all the time. Like even when you're eating, you know, like we're eating like, Oh, like some piece of meat and you're like, Oh, like this meat actually went through a lot. Also to be here, we just ignore to think about those things, you know, but that's just another subject. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, I wanted to finish like the whole part that you were asking, uh, because at some point when I was like doing all that research and stuff and like I was so obsessed that I needed to make this movie um, that I actually met a friend of mine who was trafficked here in Los Angeles. So her story is also a lot in the movie. And right, right. She was one of those that answered an ad on Backpage. And she spent uh, three months in a house in LA just doing crazy, insane stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah. So this movie is for her too. No, I think a lot of people will, will see this and it will open their eyes to the realities of what this is, you know, or just a part of what this is, because, you know, as you, as you mentioned at the start, right, human trafficking encompasses so many different kind of things, right? Sometimes it's the, the workers in a, a nail shop or yeah. a beauty salon, you know, yeah. it, it could be yeah. the, you know, the cleaning staff in an office Absolutely. building, like in a, in a restaurant. There's so I believe the statistic yeah. is more of it is labor. The most mm. majority of it is labor trafficking, yeah. uh, and then it goes into sex trafficking, and then uh, another form like other organs. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. The, the the labor one is 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 the largest and the one that is most labor. likely you're seeing it on a daily basis and not even not even aware of it. Yeah, which is really scary to think about that there's basically modern slavery still existing right under our noses and yeah. like literally in all around us, and we don't. Because it's such a gray area, no one can really, you know, point at it and be like, "That's trafficking," but right. it is. It is. Mm. Um, one of the reasons why we wanted the movie to take place in LA, because people always think human trafficking. Oh, that always happens like far, yeah. far away from here. It's like, no, yeah. my friend was trafficked here in Los Angeles. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that I think that's the big thing, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, how did like? So you decided you wanted to tell this story. So how did you all get together? How did you all meet and work out? Okay, we can work. We can work together. We can write together. I, you know, these people have this same kind of vision to tell a story in this nature. That's a really good question. I love these questions. I feel like yeah. I'm on hot ones because you're asking really, really tough. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll start with that because I started the whole thing. And for a long time, I didn't even know these guys. So I was just like on my own, making the story. I was like, you know, I was like in LA thinking that it was gonna be that easy, that I was just gonna DM like Ashton Kutcher or something. Cause he had like a trafficking organization. And then he was like, oh my God, you have a movie you wanna make? Like, let's do it. I thought it was gonna be that easy. 
So I was like struggling so much and I also was so obsessed about it. And at some point I actually got lucky. I found people who wanted to make the movie, but then it all fell through. And then I found somebody else that fell through. And then I found this producer guy who wanted to change the whole story. And then at some point I met Chris. And at that point I was like, okay, I don't care about this anymore. And he was the one who was like, I think you should like keep pursuing it. And I think he offered to write the screen. So I was like, okay, like that sounds great. And he wrote the screenplay and I loved it. I was like, wow, this is amazing. It's so good. And then it was the two of us trying to get the movie done and then almost get it done. It would fell through always like that. And then pandemic time, we're all stuck in our houses. We don't even think about this movie. We're like, whatever. We just want to survive COVID. And then Nick just comes in and he's like, hey, didn't you? I want to make a movie. Uh, I, didn't you guys have something cool about like two actors in a car, easy to make, uh, human trafficking? And, and we were like, what this again? Okay, yeah, you can read it. And then, and then he read it and we start pre-production. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, I, I feel like it was the perfect, the perfect movie to make during the pandemic, but also the perfect, like, first film for us, you guys as actors and new producers, me as a first time uh, feature director, you know, trying to like, how can I work on, sink my teeth into something a bit bigger than a short film or a YouTube thing. So yeah, I mean, Chris and I met through a mutual friend, filmmaking friend. And uh, we'd been developing a couple projects that just just for fun, kind of, you know, nothing, nothing set in stone. But, you know, after a year and a half of the pandemic, we were just like, I think everyone was a little bit just itchy to do something. Um, it's hard to put ourselves in that mindset now, honestly, like, because <laughs> we've been working on it for so long, but we were all kind of bored. We were like, we just need to do something. And it was like pandemic it wasn't a year and a half it was like august of 2020 that you thank came you to. thank you for uh for, yeah i need a, i need it it's, it's a bit of a blur sometimes but uh yeah oh, I no it was it <laughs> oh, man. no i i think it, it, it wasn't just like it wasn't just a movie in a car with two people though that drew me to that that concept right. it was you know you have all these awesome set pieces along the way and you also have this really complex relationship. So I feel like, you know, though it is a really, a really intense road trip movie, uh, and you know, that does appeal as a producer with no budget, you're like, okay, that, that definitely makes things easier a bit. Not that car stuff is easy. <laughs> That's a whole other discussion. That's actually probably a, 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 something that people take for granted, but um, no, I, I think it, it was a perfect film to make during the pandemic and, and with just three people making it. Okay. Now, Chris, what made you think you could write this screenplay, right? There's, you know, uh, like attempting a screenplay, you imagine that's going to be a tough thing, but dealing with this kind of subject matter and yeah. so having to get the voices of all of these so diverse characters and these are crazy diverse voices in these horrible situations so yeah what made you think i can do that well being passenger to uh kika's 
attempts to get the film done. Because um, while we were living together, I was sort of in a mindset of like, you should make the movie that you originally had in mind. And many people wanted to take it in a different direction. Right, that and, producer guy. Yeah, and that, and that was something that continued. Like when, when you sit and you see a really good idea and you kind of see that element, too many cooks in the kitchen, um, I, I, you know, I told her that, that day that she came back from that and she was just like, I don't feel, you know, I can do this. I was like, we well, should tell this story that you wanted to tell. Um, cause I think it's, it's worth it. And then she looked at me and she was just like, well, would you write it? And I was like, huh, uh, hmm, I need to sleep on that for a minute. <laughs> I was interested right away, of course. But you know, I was, I was like, that's that, like you said, it's a daunting task to take. Um, and I've written other features before and shorts and stuff that had gotten made, but nothing to, to that, you know, level. So I sat with her, her initial treatment. And then we really just started to, it was like, you know, every day at home, we would just be spending time getting through the, some of the story elements that I, we had talked about that she felt were, weren't there and needed to be there. And we had, you know, fleshed out Ryan's character even more and, and then added mom's character in there, which is a funny story about mom's character uh, when I began to write that and, and come up with her being as this overarching, um, you know, uh, person that is, you know, the, the spider of this web, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I, I felt like I was at a point. I was like, I can do this. I was, I was confident in myself enough. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll write it. I remember sitting down and what took me for the first draft, what, four days? Yeah. Four days. Um, I I just was writing and, and got it done. And then I think you were sitting over on the, the couch and I was like, yeah. I did it. And she was like, what? And I was like, it's done. And my last day was like 60 pages just going to it. And I just remember thinking that all of these elements of each character, Ryan's character, Bella's character, Sophia's character, um, mom, everyone, I, I feel like in one place or another in my life watching documentaries or seeing other films, reading books, there were elements to pull from characters that had gone through these kind of experiences. The mom character for me was the most intimidating to write because I was sort of just going, I think this would be the case with an individual like this based on the research that I have, but this is very much the most like unknown aspect mm. of it. And then, uh, you know. Well, that was because, like, so when when I wrote the treatment, like, I, I knew exactly the movie, but I just couldn't figure it out the end. I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, I had other endings, but I was like, I don't like these. Like, so the whole mom thing, like, he came up with the whole mom thing. So when I read it the first time, I was like, I don't know if I believe this. It sounds so unreal. Like, I can't believe that someone would be like this. Well, she's then, so villainous, right? She's yeah. such like a, a like your, your A-type villain almost. Right. And, and then the whole Epstein thing came out. Mm. And we were like, oh that my was, God. It was weird. It so was so weird. So maybe this yeah. is actually really, really realistic. Yeah. And then we left there and there. Yeah, and yeah, we it, left, it, left it, left it, as it, was, it was really yeah. interesting how to have that sit with that, be talking about it, and then a real life event kind of come out that has elements be there. Um, and for some as well. weird reason, when we saw when we were auditioning people and Ellen Day came in, she plays mom. 
Uh, she like blew us away. We were like, that's the one. And for some reason, she actually looks like, um, what was that woman's name? Maxwell. Wow, she kind of like, they kind of look alike. Yeah. There's definitely a mm. so I we will, were like, wow, that's the one. I will say something that I thought was really uh, something I enjoyed most about writing uh, the film with, uh, and, and, and I, th I think this is interesting, and I think a lot of male writers need to take this into consideration, is um, the sex of the person should not matter. It, it should be the emotion that they feel and the mindset that they have. Everything else is an avatar. Now, the sex matters based on life experience, of course, but for example, when I was writing Sophia, I wasn't thinking, uh, you know, from a what's a male perspective on this situation. I was like, if a human being, no matter who they are, are in this situation, how would they handle that and determine that? And some of the initial response when when writing it and passing the script around was that it felt like um, she didn't feel like your stereotypical female character in a in a movie. And that was something that uh, these initial uh uh writers that i had sent it to the 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 female ones that i had passed it along to they said they commented on that right away they were like this is kind of the first time i've seen a guy write for this and i said yeah well i wasn't thinking about it in that way like i was just trying to you know insert a a, a non-avatar just emotional human being going through this and trying to reason through their situation um, um, with whatever logic they possibly could have and remove the typical, it's going to be, you know, a brute force approach. Sophia mm. in a more, is in a different situation. So that requires an alternate way of, of figuring your way out if there is one. Yeah, I have to say a scene that I thought was really powerful and, and worked so well was um when you're on the road right you're at the crossroad and then the, the pickup truck stops and the guy yeah. gets out and there's that whole conversation and it's just like you've got to make mm -hmm. choices i know what mine is and we don't see anything mm. but we then see sophia's face and there's that tear that single tear coming down and you're just like there's you know what happened so but yeah. we don't need the we don't need a noise we don't need words it's just in the expression you're just like oh god damn it i'm really glad that came through for you kevin i'm, I'm glad that that told the story that it that it, apparently it did because that was yeah. uh that, that scene was a hard one to execute um we actually did shoot the full scene and then the first edits of the movie you you do, you know, the gunshot goes off and you see it all, but for multiple reasons, yeah. decided to, to take the less is more approach and like try to just tell that story with those images and maybe it would be more powerful that way. So the emotion hits you, definitely hits you. Yeah. And then, you know, later in the film, you do get a little bit more, uh, you know, confirmation of maybe what happened there, yeah. but I don't think it, you know, that's, that's more as a, you know, for Ryan, it's not, you know, I think the audience already kind of knows what happened at that point. Ryan and Sophia, because she yeah. needs to be back. Yeah. Uh, and something too about that, the uh, Jeffrey uh, Moore, who played the Good Samaritan that you're referring yeah. to, really brought a uh, wonderful layer to that character that we thought was important. Um, yes. 
saying that is 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 awesome and, and that that's also another one of those moments of the the there are people out there that might make the right choice in situations uh and be in the right place at the right time and still have an outcome mm-hmm. um that we i think collectively wouldn't want to see be the outcome yes it's kind life of life is unfair mm-hmm. you can do yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope that, you know, we feel that Ryan in that scene as he's listening to, to Jeffrey say his lines there, that, you know, we're seeing, I, I think in that scene, it's really sad because Ryan knows, like, he wants to listen to the guy, you know, and he, he knows, like, I'm just as much probably in that backseat as she is right now. I have no choice in my mind, in my context as Ryan, than to do what I have to do right now. And he knows that, and he's probably been there before, and I think you can see that in, like, the tears that are welling up in his eyes, you know, um, which makes it all the more unsettling, I think, with what happens. So, yeah, Chris, good job on that one, man. <laughs> you, you really uh, made that one come through. So. Yeah. It's a layered scene. Yeah. It's, yeah. A tough, it's a tough place to put yourself in emotionally as an actor um, and, and to... to, to channel that it's yeah it's it's not easy um mm. well i think the thing with this film it is dealing with tough subjects so i think when you're making this or even just the the you know kiga you, you started this in 2016 right so just the whole production process not even just the actual filming the scenes but how do you cope with this? How do you manage for it not to fully consume you in a detrimental way? Was there things that you put in place for yourselves and then the actors who were also involved? Like, what did you do? Because I can imagine, you know, watching it, you're like, yo, this was so good, but God damn it. You know what I mean? It's just like, I need to watch some comedy or something right now because yeah. that was just, oh. So how, yeah. like, at the end of the day, it must be brutal. So how do you, how did you cope? Well, I think that, like, uh, you know, of course, it's extremely sad to work on something like this, but um, we were also very happy to be together, to hang, you know, make a movie. This, you know, this is like something that we all wanted to make. Uh, we were during COVID, so we were all really excited to be out of our houses. Um, but not just that, you know, we had a really good support system on set. Like all of the people, all, all of our cast and crew were somehow friends. Like, you know, we would all, all of our, like I would have a friend who would want to work. Nick would have a friend of a friend or something like that. So it was just like a really, really big family all working together. And we were just all there for each other. Yeah, it was the right, right recipe of every human being that helped make this film a reality. Coming at it, understanding the, the story that we were trying to tell and knowing that, you know, in between the takes, there was an element of where is levity how do we step away from the subject matter it's necessary you kind of know 
then when when it's you know ready and the the lights are on and the camera's ready to roll you get back into it i luckily was constantly in a state of stress producing and that i could just channel that energy oh yeah that that probably came in clutch right. for your character yeah <laughs> that i could channel into the character yeah. so that that uh yeah. ended up being oh, being and great. also like we're not like jared leto who has to become the character you know <laughs> we're more Method like acting, yeah. Yeah. actors like we live the scene we do the scene we do as much as we can in the scene but then after we're like telling jokes eating cake uh i feel like you have to drink yeah coke. i don't know <laughs> yeah no i mean we we tried to keep it as light as we could on set without interfering with obviously the the tone yeah. of the scene you know and because, I mean, it's one thing to be, you know, goofing around after the shot. But, you know, when we're in these intense moments, I think there was a general seriousness on set. I mean, the the confrontation between Ryan and Bella, you know, what happens yeah. in that scene. That day sucked. That day sucked for everyone on set. It was, I mean, especially, gosh, Jasmine. That was such a hard day for Jasmine. I remember it was really hard for her to do multiple takes. So we really tried to rehearse it well and not go... 100% on the rehearsals, you know, we were going to save everything for the like two takes that we did of that whole moment. And I don't want to give away what happens, but it's one of the most intense scenes in the film. And there's a series of events like one after another that is just like, you're just getting hit over the head with this stuff. Um, and I mean, we, I don't think there was one dry eye on set when that actually went down. And that's with all the layers of filmmaking that removes you from the actual, you know, that tends to remove you as a crew member from the motion of the scene. When you're looking at everything so analytically, breaking every little element down, sometimes it's hard to realize there's a murder happening, you know, and that's actually a very serious thing because you're just looking at it from how do we get our shot. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I mean, w when the camera's rolling, I don't think anyone during that moment could stay removed because... It was just like you're you're really witnessing this happen, and I I hope that comes through in the right way for the audience. But um, oh, it, it's yeah. a a terrible scene, and then yeah. all the, I think the the big thing about that scene as well, it's a bit like Sophia kind of coaxes it in. Yeah, in a way, in you know what I mean? Not like with the knowledge of that will be the outcome, but it's yeah. like pushing something to try and, you know, yeah. creating a situation where, you know, you could maybe get away or do something. And so knowing then that that has caused this, you're just like, oh, at the end of that, it's just like, oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I really think there is a difficult, I mean... No one's perfect, right? And I think Sophia, as she's just stuck in the backseat throughout the film, she realizes the only way she's going to get out, obviously, is through these mental games and like how she can manipulate uh, what she has to work with. And she's stuck literally in the middle of this very odd relationship between Ryan and Bella. And that's what she has to work with. And, you know, with just, with just maybe the right words at the right time, I think she figures maybe I can I can blow up the the thin veneer of cognitive dissonance that Bella maintains, you know, to get through her day, and also Ryan, you know, and because it's a two-sided thing, right? Ryan, 
Ryan's playing his story to her and she's kind of going along with it in a way. But yeah, I mean, Sophia, I think had, I, I would probably have done the same thing, you know, like you, you need to, you need to create diversions and, and, you know, try to upset the natural order of things in order to create escape opportunities. And what, what ended up happening just makes things way worse, you know? Um, but that's, I think part of it, that's part of like, you have all these these things that are just waiting to, to blow up in your face and uh, it just takes the right trigger. So, yeah. 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 I mean, um, yeah, like being the first feature film, um, what were the faults about making this? And at the end of it, like were your fears, concerns, were they actually the things that became the most difficult challenges of the film? Or was it just like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about that or trying to yeah. do this scene. <laughs> oh man, well, yeah, it's honestly, this whole thing, it's been about th three years now and we've all been, you know, learning how to produce a film on the business side as well as the, the show side, you know? So there's been so many, I mean, I think, let me just think my biggest fear obviously was you know how is it going to work once we get everyone on set because we never really met all the crew and stuff and i remember just as a director like having the worst pre-shooting kind of like you know anxiety about that and then the first day we get on set and the first scene it's like that completely went away it, it was just it was crazy how much once we we got on set and like we we shot a day and it was like this this team is amazing I have nothing to worry about. <laughs> I literally have nothing to worry about. It was very, uh, I, I just remember that moment, like that night, I was just like, oh man, I, there's other things that I, I got to work on, but it's not going to be, you know, how I'm working with this crew because th they got me. Um, but I, I think, I mean, if you're asking about like shortfalls and stuff, I think it's hard for me, Chris, Kika, for any of us to watch this film now and not notice everything wrong with it for us, you know, everything we, we can pick it apart. And if we were to make it right now, you know, th almost three years later, it would be a completely different film, but you can't escape that as a filmmaker. That's one of the lessons we've, we've learned. I mean, you literally can't. And that's kind of one of the, the, I don't want to say tragedies, but it's one of the hardest parts about filmmaking is maintaining some sort of outside perspective on your art. If it can be done, <laughs> if it can be done. Um, so, you know, hearing from you, Kevin, about, you know, how, how you observe these scenes from a first time viewer, that is, that's almost as close as we'll ever get to being able to understand how this film actually touches audiences, because we just can't, like, all we can see now is all the, the blood, sweat and tears and all the things we, we would have wished we could have done different to make it hit even harder, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know hearing your takeaways is, is really, really interesting and gratifying um, that, that these, these, you know, gray areas are hitting is really cool. So. Yeah, no, you did a, you did a great job. You definitely did a great job. And I, I think people are going to take a lot away from this. So um, yeah, no, congratulations on this, uh, you know, first movie and collaboration. 
yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to what else you guys do together or individually. And the door is always open if you want to have another conversation because Absolutely. this is great. I like there's so many more questions I, I've got yeah. about the process, but it's just okay. like yeah. time. is that the time? It's just like oh man. Well, maybe we can do this again and get into some of that stuff. Yeah. Oh. Hey, I'd love that. I'd love that okay. if you guys have got the time. Yeah, we, we can definitely do that. But hey, um, man, once we deliver this movie, we'll be good. <laughs> once we deliver it, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just hit me up when you've got a moment, and we will get okay. man. But um, just so people know, you know, before we have to to duck out, so everyone knows, and you know what I mean, the world premiere, right? The world, yes. Premiere is Dances with Films, 1st of July, best month of the year. 1st of July, 5 p.m., I believe. Hey. Yeah. Ah, there it is. Okay. <laughs> We're very now, proud of these. We just printed them out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. great. Will you guys be in attendance? Is it going to be a Q&A or anything? Yeah. Like yeah. That? Yeah, mm -hmm. we, have the, we have the opening night tonight. Yeah, come on by. Yeah, we have. Ah, I mean, I'm in London we'll right there. now, and the finances probably aren't going to stretch to a flight to. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but um, you know what I mean. I would have loved to for sure because it, it just be out to see the re the reaction to this film with a crowd. That's yeah. going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Mm. So we're, we're excited about that that opportunity and that chance come come July first uh, at the at the Chinese theater. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be awesome. Mm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And Quite people, the ticket link is on the website, so make sure you do that. And also everyone else's socials and other links. So go follow everyone. Follow Nick, Chris, Kika, because these talented individuals. We will be seeing their faces, oh, so much more in the in the coming months and years. Trust me. Aww, so, that's you. very thank kind you. of you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate thank you it. so much, Kevin. Thank you for this wonderful, wonderful yeah, interview as great. well. Too great questions and yeah, amazing. That's always, that's always exciting. We're just it. missing the hot wings. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you if you had that. told me, I would have sorted something out, Kika. I didn't know. I didn't know. I would have provided snacks. We'll have to come up with our own little little food gimmicks for our, our interviews. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we got to. We'll, we'll hone in on it. We'll hone mm. in on it. Are you gonna tape your Q and A? I think uh, so. Yes, I'm gonna have a. We're gonna have a, a videographer there. So that's hopefully one of the things we'll be we'll be trying to film. Yeah, tremendous. Yes. No. That that I think that's gonna be good footage for you guys to yeah. um, to utilize for sure. Heck yes. But uh, yeah, no. This has been tremendous. It, it's been fascinating hearing how all of this came together. And as I said, this is such an important subject and you've covered it in such a way that it isn't just that unrealistic i've got a set of skills you know what i mean it's it's actually the reality of what this what could happen what could lead to someone being taken because i remember at the beginning of lockdown there was a story in the uk a girl got approached on social media 
and it was just like oh we think you would be great as a model why didn't you come and you and so it was at a house it was yeah. at a house and it was just that she brought a friend along she brought a friend along and her friend was just like this looks dodgy I don't I don't think we should go so they didn't and then the police found out it was trafficking so I, I think people need to see these different ways in which they can get you. So, hey, mm -hmm. I, I think what you have done is yep. tremendous. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank I, you. I really appreciate your time and 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 uh, allowing us to come on your platform and talk about it. Yeah. Thank hey, you so much. It, it was a privilege to me, man. It was great to hear from you guys. This has been, a, yeah, such a great conversation. And I, I am, yeah, definitely, honestly, looking forward to seeing what you do next and i hope you have all the success with this film and i'm sure you will thank you so much that's, that's one of the main reasons for us you know putting all this effort into making this story was hopefully to be able to tell more like it in the future so you know here's yeah. the hope yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. that is the plan well i'm looking forward to those stories people <laughs> all right you all take care and you too. Um, thank you so much kevin talking again Yes, See let's do it. All right. All right. All right. Bye. 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 Right, right. So, you know what I mean? I told you. It was another great conversation, people. I don't lie about these things. You know what I mean? But, um, yes, the girl in the back seat has its world premiere today. 1st of July at 5 p.m. at the TCL Chinese Theatre. The ticket link is on the website, so make sure you go and cop one and check it out, right? Um, the social links are on the website as well, so you can follow everyone, see what they're doing, you know what I mean? Get, see if when this is screening anywhere near you, you know what I mean? And... Yeah, that's it. That's it for Dances with Films. But everything's on the website, people. So go check out all the great conversations we have had over these last nine days. It's been a lot of fun fucking conversations, right? Looked at a lot of great films, documentaries, some shorts. You know what I mean? It's been great. So, um, yeah, got to thank Henry and John for the hookups. And uh, people, until next year, peace.